Clemson week. Are we scared? Are we afraid? Are we confident? We'll tell you all that and more on Locked On Syracuse. It starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Wednesday episode. Thanks for being with us on Lockdown Syracuse. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Okay. Well, it is Clemson week. We talked about it yesterday. We talked about it less on Monday. Uh, but, you know, it's it, there, there's not enough that we can do to get people prepared for this game because it is undoubtedly the scariest one that Syracuse has had to play yet. Uh, and for good reason, because this team, fifth in the current AP poll, they're fifth in the country, this Clemson team run by Dabo Sweeney, who, of course, has turned Clemson's program around like no other coach has done to a program in a very, very long time. Dabo's been there since 2009. They've gone to a bowl game in every single year of his tenure. They've won a couple national championships. Everybody knows about Clemson. They're fantastic. They even had a little bit of a down year last year. 10-3 and three is a down year for them. Uh, and right now, they're 7-0, and, oh, and and I think it's a lot thanks to Dabo, but also a lot thanks to DJ Uyunglele having figured it out this season. Don't forget about last year. DJ had a really, really tough season. After a freshman season in 2020 where we saw flashes of him behind Trevor Lawrence uh, in which he had nearly a 70% completion percentage, five touchdowns, no picks in nine games, last year in his first year starting, he played all 13. He threw nine touchdowns. That was it through 13 games and threw 10 picks. He was not good. Objectively, DJ was really, he was struggling. He just wasn't all that good and wasn't a guy that you were all that scared of. This season through seven games, he has been, I don't, like, there isn't even words for how good he's been. 17 touchdowns, two picks for DJ so far this season, 64% completion he's got over 1600 yards through the air and i mean the guy's 6'4 250 he's enormous uh so that at the front of that offense is definitely a little bit scary oh yeah and i will say this and you know here we go again owen on his loves every team in the acc narrative i love dj he's been one of my favorites for a long time uh i think back uh, to QB1 on Netflix, which follows you know top-rated high school quarterbacks through their senior seasons uh, and sort of gives a look into, into those processes. And Rayal Mitchell was one of the quarterbacks that they featured. Uh, he went to St. John Bosco uh, and was, I believe, committed to, to Iowa State, maybe. Uh, I, I forget exactly who. Uh, yeah, Iowa State. And midway through the season... He loses his starting spot to a sophomore. Who's the sophomore? 
DJ Uyunglele comes in, steals a spot from a D1 committed quarterback as a sophomore, uh, basically ruined that storyline for the rest of the season. Uh, they had to cut him off in like the third or fourth game of the year. Uh, but it's just been a guy that I have followed ever since then. Uh, and it's something that I, I think is a really cool story and interesting because uh, as, as we might talk about later in the episode, depending on time, he's had a very sort of similar progression to, to what we've seen out of Schrader. And similarly, uh, I think he follows a similar progression to what we saw out of DeVito uh, when you throw this year in, if you were to say that he stayed at the same spot. Uh, the same way DeVito had flashes in 2018 of really, really good. Uh, DJ did the same thing in Trevor Lawrence's senior year. Coming in, uh, Lawrence had COVID, uh, had to start a game or two, had to play in a couple of games uh, in big spots and delivered, played a really, really good thing. And I think that really closely parallels that 2018 season. Last year for DJ struggles, um, threw for, what's, what's the stat line? Uh, 2,200 yards, 10 interceptions to nine touchdowns. Uh, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible, but he definitely wasn't what you expect out of a Clemson quarterback. And this time around, uh, he has been outstanding. Uh, he really has been. Uh, no, that was this season stats for DJ. I'm sorry. Uh, last season, he had 1,600 yards. No, I was right the oh, first Oh, and you're time. all over the place, buddy. I'm all you're over going the place. Crazy. Let me finish that. I did nail the stats the first time. Nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 2,200 yards last season. This year, very similarly to, I guess, Schrader, very similarly to DeVito, if you're looking through a Syracuse lens, had that sort of bounce back year. Uh, coming in, winning games, having a better year much more efficient, figuring things out. Uh, and the Schrader and DJ stat lines line up nearly to perfection. Yeah, it's crazy uh, that Schrader is in, in that same conversation, yeah. by the way. It, it just is a nod to how well both of them are playing. Uh, and I think it's more of a nod to Schrader than it is to DJ at this point. But he is a guy to be feared leading an offense. Uh, you talked about the size. Uh, he is huge. He has a cannon. Uh, there was a pass last week that he threw for a touchdown that was just one of the most effortless, like 40 yard wrist flicks that I've seen in the college game. Like just really does have that top tier talent uh, that you can expect from a guy that is, you know, at the front of a Clemson team that is outstanding. Uh, he is a guy to be feared and a guy that I'm very worried about uh, for Syracuse's defense. And that's not a knock at Syracuse's defense. I think if you're a DJ in the Clemson offense, you're also very worried about Syracuse's defense. But I do think that that battle is going to be really, really interesting to see, you know, how Syracuse's secondary, who has been outstanding, and the highly touted cornerbacks uh, being one of the best duos, if not in contention for the best duo in the ACC, uh, how they can compete with a guy that that is as talented as Uyunglele is and, and can throw the ball uh, as effortlessly. Uh, and with pretty solid decision-making that we've seen so far this year as well. Yeah, you talked about uh, Syracuse's defense matching up. Dabo Swinney talked about it in his uh, weekly press conference ahead of the Syracuse game, and, and he just basically described the SU defense in how he said is the only way how as uh, all over the place and that these guys yeah. are really keep Syracuse in games, and he's absolutely correct. Um, SU – Without this defense, I don't know if they would have three wins right now. I mean, the defense has been superb. They won them the Virginia game, and they really 
probably did the same in the NC State game. The offense was decent in the NC State game, but the defense kept them up without a touchdown. So yeah. uh, you got to respect that. And like you said, Syracuse, I think, has the best cornerback duo in the ACC this season. Clemson had it last year. The Both those guys are gone. Uh, and now SU kind of gets that. So, and the other thing is Dabo, you know, he's not taking Syracuse lightly. He said right off the top, and, and you might argue that this is coach speak and everybody says this, but I don't really think Dabo would if he didn't believe it, that these are two really good football teams that are playing. Um, yeah. Syracuse has a lot of talent this year, more than anybody realized it had. Uh, and Dabo realizes that. Uh, and, and like you said, this defense is going to have its toughest test against a quarterback and DJ who, including the ones he has on the ground, has 21 total touchdowns already this season through seven games so the guy scores three touchdowns a game i mean he is fantastic uh, and we saw him against the in the wake forest game where they went to overtime he had five touchdowns 370 yeah. plus yards he was fantastic um and he can do it on the ground too so you know that is the big thing and then you know that's not the only thing you have to worry about with that offense will shipley uh is a really really good running back who for a second season in a row, I think is going pretty underrated. I don't really know why the guy has been just reliable for, for two years in a row. Now he already has eight touchdowns on the ground. I mean, the guy is yeah. fantastic. Eight touchdowns in seven games. He had 11 mm -hmm. last Almost year. 600 he's yards an animal. This point as well on the ground. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's an animal. Um, and a guy that Syracuse is going to have trouble with if they don't game plan for him. Um, Dabo talked about how, I mean, their defense is game, game planning for Sean Tucker a ton. And he talked about a Rondé Gadsden a little bit. I don't know if that was a little bit of a red herring. Maybe uh, he, he didn't allude to how much they are keying in on Gadsden. Um, I don't know that I'm not making that claim, but maybe that's true. Uh, but you know, he knows this is going to be a battle of running backs as well as quarterbacks. So this is going to, this is shaping up to be a good game. Uh, before we go any further, let me just take a quick break. We're talking sweat block here on Lockdown Syracuse. Sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Okay. Uh, let's continue the conversation. Owen, you were about to say something. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I mean, we, we didn't even talk about necessarily the mobility that DJ presents as well, which is another thing that, that he brings to the table uh, to wrap up that sort of conversation. He's averaging almost 50 yards on the ground. Uh, just another nod to the sort of Schrader comparison in terms of this year uh, and the ability to get out on the ground, which is is something that you know you have to keep in the back pocket again. Uh, and something that I think Syracuse might be a little bit uh, decently versed on at this point, because I know they had to sort of audible and really focus in on, on Jack Chambers last week and a more mobile look. Uh, so Syracuse sort of has the idea of what they can do to keep a mobile quarterback in check. Um, but DJ can throw the lights out of the ball as well. So interesting to see, you know, that dynamic mixed into this as well. I think that this is a very good game uh, for both sides and a very worrisome game for both sides in that, you know, if you're Clemson, I, I really do think that you're worried about Syracuse coming in and Clemson's got a lot on the line, not only college football playoff uh, and the ability to make a run into that, 
they're won 13 straight and they've won what 37 straight at Memorial Stadium. Uh, they know. are one win away from the all-time ACC home wins record. There's wow. a ton on the line in this game. It is homecoming for whatever that's worth. Kind of ironic. You schedule homecoming. Supposed to be a little gimme game against Syracuse. Here it is. A really, really big game. There is a ton on the line for them. And I think Syracuse presents a worrisome game uh, because of the defense and what the defense has done, even if you know they don't have the toughest schedule to this point. Uh, the Syracuse defense has shown time and time again this year how legitimate it is. And the Syracuse offense has stepped to the plate a number of times to say that they can score points as well. This is a game that I think presents a lot of worry for Clemson, uh, as it does for Syracuse. But I think it says even more uh, as to how much this game can worry Clemson, uh, who is a number five team in the country. And as I said, I think in yesterday's episode, who has a case to be probably number four and should probably be number four in my eyes, a really good football team. And Syracuse has the capabilities to go in there and win a football game. And I genuinely do believe that. And I think that is a reality that Clemson is aware of, which makes this game, once again, all the more worrisome on their end and all the more important for Syracuse uh, and the dynamic of this game. Yeah, totally. Um, and this defense, hold on, I got a sneeze. Oh, it's going away. All right, we're good. This defense Ooh. is also fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and so is the receiving core. So before we get to that defense, I do want to talk about the receiving core a little bit. Uh, it seems like every year for Clemson, you kind of know at least one name in the receiving core, and yeah. everybody kind of thinks about that guy and whatnot. Last year, I felt like it was Joseph Ngata. Uh, he was getting a lot of the hype, whatnot. Uh, Justin Ross, of course, also was there. Um, but and God is the only guy of those two that come back, but Bo Collins is back, uh, and he has been absolutely fantastic for them. There have been six guys, seven guys on this team who have caught touchdowns. Um, so I don't know if that's as spread out as, as Syracuse's number is, but still there are a lot of options that can hurt you, uh, for this team. Syracuse has had eight guys who have caught a touchdown. Interestingly enough, I didn't know this until I'm looking at it right now. Only one guy has caught multiple touchdowns for Syracuse, and it's Aronde Gadsden. There are seven other guys who have caught a touchdown, and they all have one. That's nuts. Um, I guess it makes sense now that I think about it. But anyway, um, and, and you, you, mean, you just went through the receiving court without talking about Antonio Williams, too. Uh, well, yeah, I was uh, going to bring him up. Uh, okay. Jake Bryan, Bo Collins, Davis Allen. There are, they have a lot, a lot of really talented receivers uh, on this team for DJ to throw to. And we've already talked about how good DJ is. That guy looks like some of his passes go at 400 miles an hour. Um, he's fantastic, and he has a fantastic receiving court. This offense is no slouch. Um, no. Syracuse is facing, I mean, last week in Jack Chambers, I mean, I think Jack Chambers is more talented than people thought he was, but I mean, it's no comparison to what you're going to see with this Clemson offense compared to that Wolfpack offense. No, not at all. And I mean, plus you, and this is where one of the main differences I see, even though they're, they're both undefeated and there are a lot of differences between these two teams. But one of the big things is you look at like the line recruits and, and how Clemson is too deep with offensive linemen, five stars. Uh, and, and that line presents 
a tough challenge for Syracuse to get into the backfield. Uh, and, and that is another just element to and nod to how difficult it is to, to beat Clemson when all is said and done um, because of the fact that they are so deep because of the recruiting that they were able to pull off recently year in and year out. Uh, and to be able to pull off some of this stuff is, is outstanding. Uh, and they, they don't let up a ton of sacks. They protect DJ, which is huge. Uh, so to get pressure on him is very difficult, which just makes this, you know, even more difficult of a game for Syracuse in order to, to, to get pressure on and, and force bad decisions and force you out of your comfort zone and to make throws on the run and things like that. Uh, just another nod. And that's this offense is, is very difficult to play against. I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past. Obviously last year was a down year offensively for them. I don't think they're quite back to the offensive dominance that we sort of got used to with Clemson. Uh, well, I mean, they had still... Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. I don't know how if they're ever yeah, going right? to get back to that. Naturally, point. when you drop off from that, uh, it's going to happen. But they are still a very, very solid offense uh, with, with so much to offer uh, and so many options as you were going through as we just you know rattled off however many guys in the receiving core uh, that can be uh, a big game name. Yeah, let's take one more break, uh, and then I want to talk about how this is the first real away game, uh, and that's going to be huge. Um, but first, let's talk LinkedIn, man. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, go. It's very easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn. So you go do that, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Whew. All right. Let's continue talking Syracuse and Clemson. Um, big thing for me, and we're going to talk defense too, uh, but first I just want to say, like, I don't think we've talked enough yet about how this is the first away game of the year. I mean, really, it was UConn, but this is the f first real away game of the year. And I think Dino kind of admitted that in his press conference as well. He said this is the first time that these guys are going to get the opposite of the dome. You know, that same dome noise, but coming at them instead of supporting them. Uh, and I think that's going to be a really, really important factor in this game. I, mean, we, I, I joke about the offensive line and Carlos Vettorello and Dakota Davis all the time making mistakes and whatnot, but how much more emphasized is that going to be when there are so, so many Tigers fans screaming when you're trying to get your offense set? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really, really huge um, advantage for Clemson and Owen, oh, you've been to Tiger stadium. I mean, what is that atmosphere like even in the COVID season? Yeah, I went there. Um, in the COVID year was 25% capacity. Uh, it was nuts. First of all, it was just like, it was so weird to see 
that they were able to get and right there, their 25% capacity is still uh, 22,000 people. Uh, so it was not empty by any means. Right. Um, but it, the fans there are awesome. I will give them that. It is so funny. Uh, for those of you who have never been, as you drive through uh, sort of the towns outside of Clemson and you pull up towards Memorial Stadium, you get, you know you're almost there because all of the stores are Tiger Blank, Tiger Blank, Tiger Blank. So it's Tiger Auto Parts, Tiger uh, Ice Cream, Tiger whatever. Like it just like narrows in and hones in on everything becomes Clemson, 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 Clemson. And the atmosphere there is just outstanding. It really is. Uh, and, you know, you look at them as, and the big entrance as they run down and touch yeah. the rock. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's a cool atmosphere. And it is a tough one, right? We, we talked about, you just had 49,000 in the dome. Uh, this is almost going to double that. And 90% of them are going to hate your guts uh, for coming in and trying to risk this. And it's homecoming. Uh, and it's for, you know, pole position in the ACC, pole position towards the college playoff. Uh, they have a record-breaking game, right? This is a game where if you win, you have the ACC longest home winning streak ever. This is a huge game for them in terms of significance. Uh, you're going to be hated. And that is something that is a reality that I don't know how Syracuse can handle it yet. As you were saying, they haven't had that test. They haven't been exposed to an atmosphere like that this year uh, that is in their favor, that is against them and not in their favor. Uh, as you've heard, right, Purdue reporters saying they've never heard uh, crowd noise like that uh, for the Syracuse Purdue game. And that was with what, 35, 36,000 people in the dome. Uh, so that is a smaller crowd. So I will say that dome noise, based on what the dome can do and based on some comments I've heard this year, uh, is comparable to these 80 to 100,000 seat stadiums. Uh, as you see, Purdue fans or Purdue reporters are no stranger to 100,000 seat Penn State games. Uh, they're aware of the noise that that can become and the noise that that can present. And so Syracuse, I think, is aware of the noise that can be there uh, and the hostility sure. that can be there from a Syracuse crowd. Uh, but they do not know what it's like uh, to be on the field calling plays offensively, listening for a snap count, working through a silent count, doing things like that. And they have struggled, as you were saying. That's what we talked about yesterday. It was brought up uh, in a YouTube comment, so I'll give a nod to it. They were a little bit better penalty-wise in the NC State game. Still not where you want them, but it was a slight improvement um, in terms of that game. And a couple of late penalties sort of give the recency bias. But you've been struggling with penalties on the offensive line in a home crowd that's quiet while you're driving down the field. You you've mentioned, got to be very aware. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned uh, um, this game deciding pole position for the college football playoff. And it reminded me that we got an email uh, from a guy named Rocco. And he said, hey, guys, love the show and listen with my orange loving kids every morning. That is the most heartwarming thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Um, he had three questions. We're going to answer one of them and then I'll save the other two for a mailbag day. But he said on Monday, you stated Syracuse was in pole position for the college football playoffs if they beat Clemson. Can you elaborate on pole position? All we were saying is that right now 
if Syracuse beats Clemson, they're the best ACC team, and an AC and an undefeated ACC team would have to make the college football playoff. We're not saying they're gonna make it. All we're yeah. saying is, technically, they would be in position. Still, wildly unlikely, but correct. Technically, they are in position if they beat Clemson. Yes, technically, the ACC team that has a chance at the college football playoff this year is decided in this game, technically, which is, which is crazy. If Syracuse beats Clemson in this game, their schedule obviously significantly easier the rest of the route compared to a Clemson game. Uh, you win out, you play a team from the atrocious, atrocious other side of the ACC, which lacks any sort of confidence right now uh, or competence because right now you play six and one UNC awful. Yeah. And UNC has been winning football games, but they're not great. The coastal is an embarrassment right now. Uh, and the Atlantic has been really, really solid this season. Uh, so you're playing an ACC championship game against a weaker ACC coastal winner. Uh, and I think if you win the ACC, it is nuts to think about. And I think, it originated, I saw someone shout it out or mention it uh, and it being a reality. And as I was saying, I tried to record a little post-game vid uh, on the way out of the Dome on Saturday and things went south. And I couldn't really even utter the statement without laughing because it just felt so obscene that it wasn't like a false statement and was something that if Syracuse beats Clemson, <laughs> they are in pole position. It just means mentally to me, it meant that they – if they beat Clemson, they have the best shot in the ACC to do it. Uh, maybe this is a year where if Clemson doesn't go undefeated, they don't make the college football playoff just because of some things happening uh, in the SEC right now. The SEC is crazy. There are some undefeated teams that have been really, really good. Uh, the college football right now, the top sort of five and ten uh, is, is very interesting. So maybe it's one of those weird years where Clemson would have to be undefeated. Uh, so Syracuse, even if they don't make the college football playoff, I think ends Clemson's chance at the college football playoff this it year. It would make win, it significantly more difficult for Clemson. Um, but okay, let's move off that and get to the defense where we got to get out. And we will have more Clemson coverage tomorrow, hopefully with a guest. Um, so we'll answer any questions or any, you know, things that we left, any stone we left unturned on today's episode. But I really just want to quickly touch on this defense because they are fantastic. Um, currently, in terms of uh, points per game, opponents' points per game, they're 26th in the country. That's to Syracuse's sixth. Um, <laughs> they, they, they allow just less than 20 points per game, 19.7. Uh, and they just have star power up the wazoo on their defense, like they do every single year. Yeah. I mean, Clemson just breeds defenders, especially defensive linemen, and that is no different this season. Uh, they've got Miles Murphy. They've got Trent Simpson. They've got so many just great, great players. Brian Brissy, of course, uh, our thoughts go out to him. His sister recently passed away. Um, mm. He is returning for this game, um, so that's a little bit on a more somber note, but 
Also something that Syracuse is going to have to think about because he's an incredibly talented player who's only played four games this season. He was, I believe, the number one overall player in the country when he was recruited. Um, A kid who just has insane upside uh, and he's been good when when he's played this season. Uh, Tyler Davis is a really, really good player that they've got. They just have so many good players on the defense. Honestly, too many to count. Uh, And Syracuse has its work cut out for it. I don't know how they plan on trying to beat the Tiger defense, but if it's just going to be Aronde Gadsden out routes or curls, I, I don't know if it's really going to work. Uh, so they're going to have to get Aronde and Sean Tucker doing some things. Maybe even we aren't thinking of um, if they're going to win this one. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm looking to see, uh, just as a quick note, you know, who outside of Aronde and Sean and Schrader can step up in this game offensively for Syracuse. Uh, Cause I think it's a game where one of the receivers are going to need to have a decent performance uh, for Syracuse to give this a run. But you said it, I mean, this, this Clemson defense is incredible. There are so many names uh, and so many big time players and they really are just so talented uh, from top to bottom. It is going to be a difficult battle, 100%. Uh, and Syracuse is going to need guys outside of the the trio right now offensively to step up, I believe, if they are going to be competitive and have a chance to win this game. Absolutely. All right, well, that's all the time that we've got today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen. That is Lockdown ACC. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We will see you tomorrow.